Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. In verse 19, the priest had sent and the Levites from Jerusalem had sent a group up and John says he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Now this is the way of translating into English John's profound argument. Profound isn't a strong enough word. John's obstinate argument. When you read this in the Greek, he is shouting, I am not the Christ! That's the sense of it. That's the idea of it. I am not the one! You see, John is humble. John is meek. He's saying, you're looking at me. Why are you looking at me? I'm not the one. I'm showing you the one. That's what he's doing. That's why I wanted us to see the testimony of this Baptist. (laughs) That's the kind of preachers we need today. Men that will stand courageously, but say, I'm not the one. Let me show you the one. Let me point to the one whose life is so humble, whose life is just dependent on God, who heard the word of God and obeyed it. That's the way that this speaks. He confessed and did not deny. And they continued to ask him because they said, we've got to give an answer to those that sent us. Who then are you, Elijah? Because they looked for Elijah to come before the coming of Christ. And I've given you the scriptures that John came in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now we see in the book of Revelation, many believe that Elijah will come at Christ's second coming. That he will come just before the second coming. And I don't know, but that could be. Christ came the first time and John was there in the spirit and power of Elijah, making the road ready, preparing the way. When Christ comes again, maybe... He will send Elijah back. I don't know. That's God's business. But we do know the word of God is true. It's assured. All John kept saying was, I'm a voice. I'm a voice. I'm only one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his way ready. Now John isn't saying that I'm coming in with bulldozers. I'm coming in with earth movers, going to flatten everything and make the path ready for the Lord. No, he is preparing a people spiritually. He is preparing them because they're looking for Messiah. They want somebody to overthrow the Romans, not somebody who will convict their hearts and make them change. Here's that proper view of that preacher, that humility who's not seeking any honors, not seeking any money, is not seeking any... Titles, no flattery, no flattery. He's just a voice directing everything to the one who's greater than he. And the second thing that we see in the character of this man, we see also the character of the faithless people. We saw the character of a faithful man and the character of a faithless people. 
They're sending this delegation and the Jews. And by the way, in John's gospel, he uses the term the Jews 70 times. It is not used of a racial group. It's not used in a term ethnically, but he uses it only derogatory. The Jews. In John the Apostle's writing, whenever he identifies the Jews, he is identifying the enemies of Jesus. It's John's choice terms, and you don't find it in the other Gospels. You find it in the Gospel of John. Those that were of apostate Judaism, and they come and they're represented by these groups that the Sanhedrin sent out, the Pharisees sent out, and they're finding, saying, go find out who this man is. Go see what his credentials are. And he says, I'm not Elijah. I'm not that one that you're looking for. But then he says, and they said, are you the prophet? Now that's taken from Deuteronomy chapter 18. In Deuteronomy 18, he is promised that a prophet would come before Messiah. And that he would turn the hearts of the people to the Lord. And that's about in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 18. You can read about that. Moses says the prophet will come. Peter in Acts chapter 2 says that Jesus fulfilled the words of Moses as being that prophet. Jesus fulfilled that. And now I want you to see how this scene kind of works out. Because in all of this, then the people say, Are you then that prophet? And he says, No. They said to him, Are you, who then are you, that we may give an answer? Verse 22, To them who sent us, Who do you say about yourself? And he says, I am the voice. The voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the paths of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? We're going to stop right there. Why were they baptizing? Remember, in Judaism, baptism in this sense was for the remission of sin. Now, the Jews had many different purifications. But if you were a Gentile and you wanted to become a Jew... You were baptized. You came under the water because in this baptism it was showing that I have been cleansed of my old worldliness and now I am becoming and the people of God. I'm uniting with the people of God. That's what John's baptism was about. And so now you have all of these Jews that are coming and some of them were faithless. They would not submit that's why John said, you brood of vipers, who's even taken the time to warn you? That's Hearth translation. Who took the time? Knowing who you are and knowing that you won't listen, who even bothered to tell you to come? But John is simply the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And people are coming. And of course, we see in the signs and we see how Jesus had been up in Nazareth, and he walks about 26 miles to come down to where John was on the Jordan River to come and to meet. John comes out at about age 30, and he is baptizing, and he baptizes in different areas. And in everything that he does, he is doing it as a testimony, make way of the Lord. 
So John, Jesus walks about 26 miles from Nazareth, coming to where John's baptizing. And now John says in verse 26, John answered them saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. You see, Jesus looked like everyone else. It is he coming after me is preferred before me whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. That's day one. We've gotten through one day. Glory. If we get through two more days, John's telling a faithless people, this is why I'm here. This is who I am. This is who I'm testifying in. And look at verse 29. The next day. By the way, we have such few days. Maybe in the Passion Week where Christ comes from entry into Jerusalem until the crucifixion and then the resurrection of Jesus. We have very few days that are sequential like this. But in verse 29 of John 1, it says, The next day, this is John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Prophetic words. Who takes away the sin of the world. There had never before been a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the world. Before, sacrifices covered sin. And there were sacrifices for the individual. There were sacrifices for the nation of Israel. But now Jesus is sufficient to wipe away the sins of all mankind, all of the world. Hi, give me a moment to update you with a bit of information. You can reach us now at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. You can also reach us at P.O. Box 837, Valley Springs, California, 95252. Please contact us with comments, questions, or to receive handouts and printed material. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the podcast. This is he of whom I said, After me a man comes who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. This is the whole purpose. John had been baptizing. The people had been coming. They had been submitting themselves, saying we will recognize that we are lower than the Gentiles, that we need to come and have this baptism of repentance. But the Pharisees did not come. There's only one Pharisee that we see later on that submits. There may have been others, but we don't have the account in the scriptures. But we have one. His name is Saul of Tarsus. Later changed to Paul. The Pharisees, by and large, did not come. They're held to their ways. But John bore witness, and this is verse 32, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. We often think of the Holy Spirit looks like a dove. That's not what he's saying here. This is how the Spirit descends. We don't know what the Spirit looked like. It might have just been intrinsic light. This is referring to how. Have you seen a dove land? This is how the Spirit came upon him. Not that picture that we always see when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus is baptized, where a little dove comes down from heaven. Get that out of your mind. That's not biblical. That's not what this is saying. This is saying that the Holy Spirit came and lighted upon Jesus 
in a light kind of a way and remained upon him. John bore witness. Remember, we're talking about the historical Jesus and John is bearing witness of who this Jesus is. He is the one who has the Holy Spirit upon him and has remained upon him. John says, I didn't know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is what? The Son of God. Amen. Amen. The testimony of the historical Jesus is this is the very Son of God. God come in the flesh. Look at verse 35. Again, the next day. Here's our third day. The first day, he had a faithless group come to him. The next day, he has Jesus come to him. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And now, in verse 35, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and turned. And they followed Jesus. The third day, those that had been with John, standing by John, listening to him. And John says, in fact, what are you doing standing here? There's Jesus. That's the one you should be following. That's the one you need to go after. And what do they do? They go after him. They go and they begin to follow him. You see, that's the kind of pastor this church wants. <laughs> Somebody who will say, no, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Follow after Jesus. That's the kind of preacher that John the Baptist was. He testified to people that wouldn't listen. He said, I'm telling you, I'm not the Christ. I am only the one who is a voice in the wilderness. And then as Jesus comes and all righteousness is fulfilled... And the voice of the Father from heaven speaks, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And John baptizes him. And we don't know how many people heard that or saw that. How many were at that point? We just don't know. The scripture doesn't say. But the ministry of John the Baptist that had been going so well and now he does something that is intuitively probably wrong. It says, don't follow me, follow Jesus. That's why I want to end right there in verse 37. Because they heard the message and they obeyed. They came and they went. John confessed that he was not Messiah. That he was just a voice. And when Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what do you seek? And they said to him, and we might just think about, they said, well, John told us to follow you. They said, Rabbi, which is to say translated teacher, where are you staying? They wanted to know more about Jesus. And we could pick up and we won't spend much more time. But in the next day, in verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. You see, from this point on, Jesus is rising in popularity. More are coming toward Jesus. They're leaving John, and John's telling them, there's the Lamb. You follow Him. In your life today, there's the Lamb. You follow Him. 
anybody else does or does not, doesn't matter. If anybody else goes away, goes this way or that way, it doesn't matter. You follow Jesus. If every other person walks away and is apostate and says, I don't believe in the Lord anymore, that's okay. You follow Jesus. The testimony of the historical Jesus, the testimony of John the Baptist was, here's the Lamb. You follow Him. You keep your eyes on Him. You if there's any testimony today that we have of the historical Jesus, and we have all the history, I wanted you to have that. I want you to be able to go home and read all of the historians and what they say, because the gospel account is there in the history. But how much greater the testimony of somebody who just says, I'm a voice, and I want you to follow him. Jesus said, the greatest man on earth. The greatest of all, of, of all men born of women. None greater. And he says, you follow Jesus. If you could hear the voice of the greatest person that ever lived, would you follow his direction? Would you follow his instructions? Well, that's what Jesus said of John the Baptist. And John says, there's the Lamb. Follow the Lamb. I'll tell you what, in your life, if you stay close to Jesus, if you follow the Lamb, all of life's problems will, will take the proper perspective. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.